Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, Panthers fans. I'm Curtis Brown, and welcome to our 26th episode of Panthers 360 Radio. Tonight, fans will be discussing, recapping the Panthers season entirely, talking about the road to the Super Bowl, and also making our last playoff picks. And also, we have a special guest tonight, a 12-year-old Cade Pope. He will be coming on to our radio show, and I'll be interviewing him, and he will share his story with us, his story has been across the world. CBS covered it, ABC covered it, everyone has covered his story, and I thought bringing him on because it had something to do with the Panthers would be cool for our last show. And as always, for one last time, until the probably the big noise of the draft starts in March or April, um, when we come back for a Panthers 360 radio show, it's for one last time, guys who stuck with me since we began, James Barber, Tim Bakewell, and Joe Tadaro. Guys, how are you doing this fine evening? We'll start with you, James. I'm all right. I'm all right. The Mayor Panther Nation, I'm glad to be back. This is our last show. How do, how's everybody else doing tonight? How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. I'm still trying to get over the tears I shed after our loss the other night. But other than that, I'm doing well. What about yourself, Joe? I'm doing just fine, man. It was a tough loss for us. It took me a while to get over it a little bit. I'm still not over it. But, no, this is our time now to look for the future. And I'm very interested in what's going to go on for the future. And, Eric, how are you doing? Well, I'm all right. Um, I think I might have I might have came to realization I might have came to reality about three hours before the game started. Uh, I started having doubts. I, I questioned how do we beat Seattle in Seattle, and I can never find. Well, an answer, that's so. what we will be discussing tonight. Your doubts, Eric. So that's good that you had them. Well, guys, for all the Panthers fans out there, we this will probably be our biggest show for listeners, and that's because of this. 12-year-old child that's going to be coming on to do an interview with us, which is going to be exciting. We should have a lot more listeners than we ever had. Um, but if you are wanting to tune in or call in tonight, um, it's easy. Dial 724-444-7444 and use our caller ID number, which is 134-234, followed by the pound key. Again, our number is 724-444-7444, and our caller ID number is 134-234, followed by the pound key. All right, gentlemen, let's go. Let's jump in before we get into this Panthers, this last game for the Seahawks. Let's go into the coaching vacancies. There has been a ton, and it's no secret. Sean McDermott, defensive coordinator for the Panthers, is interviewing. Ron Rivera confirmed it today with the Jets. New York Jets is the only team that has um, contacted him. Let's start with you, James. What do you think of Sean McDermott getting the interview? And what, I mean, would this be a, key, a huge loss for the Panthers? Well, I, I think it would be a devastating loss for the Panthers. But, you know, um, 
it's it's part of the car- the coaching carousel that comes around every year. You know, you you always if, if you have a great coach at a certain in a, in a certain position in, in your franchise, then you know the coaching carousel comes around at the end of the year, and you hate to see him go, especially with the type of defense that he's built here in Carolina. You know, with Luke Keekley and everything, so. But you know, we we can also look forward to great things. We can there's a, you know when one coach goes, another coach steps in. But we want to see consistency. So you know, I wish him luck. But you know, he he might he might be coming back as he might he might be coming back in the same position. You know, that's my take on it. Tim, what do you got? I I don't want to see McDermott go. I I actually I don't think he's gonna leave. I, th- I think he he looks to the guy who went to the Jacksonville Jaguars years back after our Super Bowl run and failed utterly. But if he does leave, I'm not too worried. Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded coach. I think he'd fill the vacancy well. And if not, he's he's got enough chutzpah on the defense to uh, – to offset any weakness there. I mean, we've got Keekly out there. We're fine. What about you, Joe? Joe? I would, I'm not very shocked. He's, uh, he's actually a very good coach. You've seen the, how he did to the Philly when he was there. He did great work when we noticed in Carolina. And, you know, I think if the right offer there, he'll go. But, you know, I think it's hard in Carolina has made that defense so good. So... I honestly don't want to see him go. I want him to help us build up the defense more, make it a more championship caliber. But, no. Like I said, like Tim said, Rivera is a good defensive-minded coach, and no, I'm not really worried. What about you, Eric? Uh, I hope he doesn't get the job. Personally, uh, I, I, want to, I want to keep him for continuity of the program. But uh, if he does get the job, I think whoever they hire to replace him is going to get a dream job because you're coaching Luke Cookley and, and uh, Star uh, Lotalele, Kwan Short, and Thomas Davis. I mean, that's pretty much anybody who's got any type of credentials should be able to coach that team. Yeah, and let's go. Let's let's discuss these other ones here because there's a ton. I mean, they, I think this has been the most in a while. I think there's six. Six coaching vacancies right now. John Fox was the shocker, I think. After that Denver game, there were swirling rumors that he'd be fired, and they parted ways. Um, John Fox, he coached here, obviously, brought a 2-14 and Carolina Panthers team to the Super Bowl the following year. He, he's he got a background. He's a solid coach, a conservative one, likes to run game, and he's a defensive-minded coach. And he's, he's uh, interviewing with the Bears this week. I think that'd be a pretty good fit for him. Also, you got Rex Ryan, who officially went to the Buffalo Bills as their coach, and he brought he's already got his defensive coordinator. They got rid of Jim Schwartz. So Jim Schwartz could be looking for a job now. You got the Atlanta Falcons. They brought Todd Bowles in for a second interview from Atlanta. Um, you also have the Raiders job. They said they narrowed it down to Sperano, and I believe it was um, Jack Del Rio from Denver. And then you also got the Broncos, and that's big because you have Manning there, and questions are swirling. So let's just stick with the coaching vacancies right now. Who would surprise you to come in as a coach, and who do you think? Let's just pick a team who you want to talk about, Falcons, Raiders, Broncos. You got the 49ers. You have um, the Jets. Who do you think is going to fill those voids if you have any? And 
I mean, is John Fox a good fit in Chicago? I love, and we'll start with uh, Tim. Um, I'm just going to talk about a particular coaching candidate. Uh, I mentioned him earlier, Jack Del Rio. I don't think that he's a fit as a head coach anywhere. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think he, he's awesome there, but he showed in his time. And maybe he learned from his time in Jacksonville of what not to do. But let's not forget the famous incident of him having a tree stump in the locker room with an axe that ultimately injured one of their kickers. I I don't see Del Rio as head coach material. As to Fox, yeah. he he is what he is. And I don't know. I mean, he had one of the arguably best quarterbacks in the league who it turns out was playing through injury in the last four to six weeks of the season. but And he couldn't get over the hump with that. I mean, I just don't know. And, Tim, let me ask you this. Let's stick with John Fox here. You, What do you think uh, kind of separated the Broncos and John Fox? Do you think it was because they didn't go as far as they did last year and make it to the Super Bowl? Or do you think it was because they went to a more conservative run game kind of style once C.J. Anderson came out of the woodwork? I almost see it as I wouldn't be surprised if it's Peyton Manning's swan song that he's I, – I could see the Broncos reloading, that Peyton might be done. He might play another year, but they're going to try anything to get over to home. I mean, they've got Elway there as a GM – you know, they're going to try whatever, but I think they just realized that Fox isn't the answer, kind of like we realized he wasn't the answer here in Carolina. Wow. Yeah, and that's a good point. I just want to update the guests who are on the chat right now listening into this. We're talking about around the NFL right now. We're going to wait a little bit for the Carolina Panthers to go and delve into them. And we have the Cade Pope 12-year-old, who wrote the letter to the every NFL team coming up here shortly. He should be on air in about three or four minutes. So stay tuned for that. That's coming here shortly. And we're just talking about the head coaching vacancies right now. Let's go to, let's go to Joe here. What do you think the John Fox thing? You think he'd be a good fit in Chicago? And what do you think of the other coaching vacancies and the possible coaches that might go to those teams? Um, John Fox in Chicago, I think, you know, he has weapons there to maybe help Jay Cutler out become a better quarterback where he should have been this year. Um, you know, he needs to get a better defense. The defense is definitely not even close to Denver. He's going to have to, you know, make sure that he builds up that defense like Denver did. And to another coach possibility, this is a rumor. I Actually, a player came out, Peyton Manning came out, said that he would love to see Mike Shanahan take over the Denver Broncos. He actually came out in a message and said that. So maybe it will happen. And, Joe, and Joe, I did see that, and I heard Mike Shanahan. I think he was on some uh, um, sports show, and I think he came out and said he will. Not, he is not going to come back to the Broncos. I don't know if that was reported or he actually said that, but I saw reports of that. Um, so that brings me to my next question. I'm going to jump to James. James, do you think Peyton Manning is going to retire? Well, I, I don't think he's going to retire, man. I mean, come on. Even though it's not about the money, which it really is. I mean, damn, he owns about seventeen. He owns about seventeen different um, 
Papa John's restaurant in Denver. Then he has all the different endorsements. Plus, he's due to make around $19 million this year. If you do the calculations, they only play 12 games. That's a million dollars a game. You know, he can go out there and play three or four, claim, you know, even though he's not, he's Peyton Manning. He's going to come back for another year. I don't see him retiring yet. It's my it's my concern with it, you know, and I'm thinking about the coaching carousel, the, the, the Peyton Manning acquisition and not winning, like you say, not going to the Super Bowl, have, have a big deal with him not getting, with John Fox getting fired. And with that being said, if Peyton is only going to play one more year or so, then what about the next coach? Is is he the coach of the future? Do they hire somebody that's just that's somebody that Peyton Manning wants to be there, knowing that Peyton could retire in the next year or two and they'll be stuck with him? I don't know how John Elway is going to fix that situation, especially with Alex Shanahan. Who else? I mean, I haven't heard many other um, coaching, you know, saying coaching decisions that people are actually hunting for, except for one of Seattle's um, coaches. I think it's the defensive coordinator for Seattle. Everybody's um hot to want to try to talk to, and that's what every team is waiting on right now. But the thing that surprised me the most, the thing that surprised me the most is that they come out after the um, after the final game of the season and say that Peyton Manning was playing with a quad injury. If that's the case, what was it his choice? You know, was it the best option for the team, which we all know it was? I mean, it's, it's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah, I'm going to ask Eric this one where I'm putting you in this situation here. Let's say Manning retires, okay? And actually, Eric, we're gonna we're gonna wait on that, and we're gonna bring in. call. Yeah, we're we're gonna bring in uh, our featured guest of the night, Cade Polk from Yukon, Oklahoma, the twelve-year-old who has sent out a letter to every NFL team. Cade, how you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Well, Cade, um, we're here at Panthers 360. It's a radio show we do here. Um, for the Panthers, and we heard your story. I saw it. I had to do a little digging to find you, and it's good to have you on. I just would like for you to start out and share what, if you have the letter with you, share with us what you said on the letter to the Carolina Panthers, and we'll start from there. Okay. Um, We will get the letter in just a second. It is coming right up. That is fine. Okay, um, here is the letter that the Carolina Panthers sent to me. Okay. Dear Kate, thank you for the nice note that you sent to the Carolina Panthers. Enclosed, you will find a note from our team owner, Jerry Richardson, and a helmet signed by one of our players, number 59, Luke Kiki. We hope that you'll be watching us this weekend as, as we play the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs. Go Panthers. Sincerely, Dana Robinson. Okay. And, Kate, yeah, let me just clarify some things with you first here. You sent out the letter. You basically stated that you wanted um, – you were looking to become a fan of a team. You were previously a fan of the St. Louis Rams because of Sam Bradford. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, let's jump into the letter that you sent to all every team. I mean, who thought of this idea? Was it your mom's idea? Was it your idea? Your brother? I know your brother's a Chiefs fan. I mean, who came up with the idea? It was my idea, and I was just bored, and I wanted something to do. And my parents and brother already had a team to cheer for, so I wanted a team to cheer for. Well, that is that is very interesting. I mean, I know as when we were as when I was younger, and 
Uh, some of these guys that are on our show tonight, I mean, if I would have known this, I would have been sending letters to everyone too. I mean, it, I, it was a brilliant idea by you. And just, I'm curious, have you received any other letters after the fact that everyone knows now that the Panthers came out and sent you a letter back? Have you got anything from any other team? Yes, in fact, I have. Um, today, I was coming home from school, and I got an email from John York, the founder and owner of the San Francisco 49ers, and it was stating that he, of his childhood, and he was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and his family uniting with the 49ers, and so that was pretty neat. And, Kate, let me ask you, what, how, how were you feeling when you got that Carolina Panthers helmet signed by Luke Keighley? First, I'd like to know, do you know who Luke Keighley is? Yes, sir, I do. You do. And what was the feeling you had when you got that helmet? Um, I just felt joy just lightened up in my face. And I love seeing that helmet signed by one of the greatest linebackers in NFL today. And well, I was um, I was really going. proud that I got that, and I I really like it. You know, and Kate, we have we have a signature thing on this show. Don't mean to frighten you when I let this go here, but we have a Panthers growl every time someone says something about the Panthers that excites all of us. So I'm going to do that for you. Okay. That's good to hear, Kate. Well, the ultimate question I think all of us are know are wondering is, are you are you a Panthers fan now? Um. Well, I still have to wait for more teams to respond. If no one else responds, I'm going to have to choose between the Panthers and the 49ers because both of them are great responses. And um, so I'm just – and it still is early. And I will definitely cheer for them as the next season comes on. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Well, I'm glad to have you on our show. We thank you for – taking the time to come on here and we thank your mom as well for getting this all set up and I appreciate that so I hope you let her know that um and we hope when it all is said and done you become a Panthers fan it'd be great to have you um and you have a great rest of your night and good luck in choosing your NFL team okay thank you you too all right have a good night you and keep pounding All righty, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kate Pope, the 12-year-old who sent a letter out to every NFL team. It's been a ride. I mean, let's let's jump to James here. Let's start with you. What do you think of all this? I mean, it, it's crazy to think our team was the first one who, who came out and uh, gave the opportunity and gave this kid a helmet. It says that we're a first-class organization, and you know what I'm saying. And our fans really do care, and our and our team cares about the fans. You know, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing for the fans because you know that's something that we represent when we when we rep the black and blue. You know, and I, and I'm and I'm happy that we were the first ones to respond. You know, first first choice is always the best choice. How about y'all? How, how about you, um, Tim? Tim, you look pretty excited on there. What's up? 
Jerry Richardson has always been a class act owner. I think that's part of why Steve Smith is no longer with the organization. He, he got tired of the aggravation. You know, that's why Greg Hardy has gotten paid to sit at home this year because Jerry Richardson is a class act. You know, he he takes the time to respond to letters with handwritten letters, not form letters. I mean, he could easily have a secretary type it up for him and sign his name or even use one of those stamps that sign your name. But instead, he took the time to respond in person. And for that, I mean, I applaud him. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, this may be a fan, a future fan in Oklahoma, miles and miles away from where the games are played, that becomes a fan of the Carolina Panthers going forward, which could end up making, you know, if he has kids, family, it could end up being a whole slew of Panther fans growing in Oklahoma. I think it's an awesome thing. I mean, hopefully hopefully he chooses us and not the 49ers (laughs) for their lousy email. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Joe. Joe, what do you what do you think of this? I mean, you, Joe, me and you kind of come from the same thing. Where we weren't born in Carolina, we became fans uh, over time watching them. So, Joe, what do you think of this? I mean, man, Joe, me and you should have been sending out letters here. Man, like I'm not gonna lie. When you had me on mute, when I didn't know the whole story about him until you know you t- guys told me. When he told me he had the letter. It shows that, you know, Richardson's a classy man. He actually gives time, like Tim says, shows how you know, how much he really cares about the fans and all that thing. And when he said that he had a Luke Keekly helmet signed autograph, you know me, I got hyped. I was muted. I was like, And oh, you know, Joe, this isn't, this isn't the mini replica helmet. This was a replica it's NFL a helmet. <laughs> but dang, well, man. Guess four, guess four, guess four's on here, and I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to answer this question. We're going to go through here. Guess four asks us, what made us become Panthers fans? And we talked about this a few shows ago, but we're going to go through it again here. And I'll begin and we'll move down the line, and I'll, I'll try to make it quick. I became a fan of this team, Alf. Kid made a bet in school. I bet him on the game. Really really didn't watch any NFL team besides the Packers. Um, went home, watched the game. He was a St. Louis Rams fan. The Panthers ended up playing them that night. I started watching the game. Got a little intrigued by Ricky Manning Jr. picks. I believe it was a pick six or a pick in overtime. Just a crazy ending to the game. And that's how I became a fan. And ever since then, I just started watching the Panthers a little bit more here and there. And then my parents finally bought me a Panthers shirt for Christmas. And it just kept growing. And then this year, I went to a Packers game at Lambeau where I was a Packers fan. And then that just cut all ties. Um, And guess seven... This is, I believe, his mother. Uh, she states, thanks for having Kate on the radio. You appreciate everything the Panthers did. There are so many Oklahoma Holmans that have uh, now won over by the Panthers, which is good. We thank you for that, Heather, and we I thank you for uh, responding to my email, and we hope you have a great night, and it was an honor for us to have him on the show. Um, and I, if you guys all want to say thank you to her, because I believe she's still on, you guys can do so as well right now. Heather, if you, if you hear me. If you hear me, it's a, it was a good time to have your son on. We're glad that he announced his whole story, and I hope you convince him. I know it's going to be hard for you. I hope you convince him to call Carolina Panthers fan. 
Please James? do. We would love. We would uh, love to have him in Carolina. In, go ahead, James. I was just saying we would love to have him in Panther Nation. Thank you for coming on and thank you for everything. Go ahead, Tell. Uh, uh, much props to your son for having the chutzpah to send that letter out. And I think you've seen the class of our organization by the fact that he got a handwritten response as well as signed memorabilia. And I challenge you to go up and look up one of the team phrases of Carolina of keep pounding. It was uh, brought about by a former player of ours, Sam Mills, who was fighting cancer, and later even more solidified by Mark Fields. But that's what we do. We keep pounding, and it's a great organization to support. And I'm so happy that your son has gotten the experience he had. Yeah, and, and just a little bit of background. I, I did some research on State Pope, and I believe if the, the website's right, this is how I find it, found it. He runs, he runs. Um, I want to say, like 26 miles. He was in a, um, I believe, in a marathon with his father. I saw that in there, and that's how I came in contact with um, Kate over time. So this, he, this kid, he has the drive, and we would love to have him as a fan, and she states here in our chat that her and her husband will always be Panthers fans now. So that's good to hear. We love it. We're all on board with you. And we are so happy that you guys came on the show tonight because I know you probably have been um, bombarded by other news people over the course of the last week or so. So we thank you for the time that you guys had to let us have your son on. And we'd be honored to have him on board. Um, but let's introduce our caller tonight from California. Is California, who are, um, just state your name and we'll go from there. Oh, it's Brandon. I used to call him. Yeah, that's Brandon. Back, but okay, okay, I remember you. I remember work. you, Brandon. All right. All right, well, we just got done interviewing Cade Pope. Uh, I think everyone has heard this story. And if you haven't heard the story, you're living under a rock. Um, but let's go on here. <laughs> Let's go to the playoff divisional round, and let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. This past weekend, they lost 31-17. to um, Not what we all expected. Um, I mean, we, it's, no, it's no secret. Cam is, in, is inaccurate. He's an inaccurate quarterback. He's going to have the eye throws. He's going to give you the interception at the end of the game. Right when we thought he was going to score, they grab you by the heart, and then they just tore it apart. What did you – we'll go with James. What did you think of the game? Um, and we'll go from there. Wow. Um, I actually gave us a fighting chance coming into the game. You know, all, the only thing I was thinking about was really containing the offense and keeping them on the sideline, which means a steady run game. We could, we weren't able to do that. Um, and those that that, that – it, you know, it, it was a special teams play that really got me. Cam Chancellor jumping over the damn, jumping over the line. I mean, like it, it was really, really crazy. Like the Seahawks came to play, and I don't, and I don't know many other teams seeing what I seen on on Saturday evening. I don't see Green Bay beating them. I don't see any team in the AFC knocking them off. So if if we lost to the champs, two times defending champs, then. 
it is what it is. We knew what we knew what we had incorporated and coming in the game when we went into Seattle. We already knew. We always play them and give them a tough game. Like you said, we when we thought we had a chance to score, then we get hit with our only heel, the backside that comes with Cam. As great of an athlete that he is, yes, he will have those inaccurate throws. Yes, he will have a couple of them sailed on him. But in a game like this, that's when we don't need those type of plays. So it's, it's just a learning experience. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll grow from it. We, it, is, it is what it is. How you feel about it, Tim? And hold on, Tim, because we got a yeah. chat. It's just blowing up all over, and we got to stick to the chat as well and keep these people tuned in. And I believe guest four is from Wisconsin because they're, they're – I mean, or it's Stephen A. Smith on here. That'd be even cooler. But they 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 talk <laughs> oh, Rogers. They say Rogers is a bad man. Okay, yeah, it, let's go into the Rogers discussion. Me, I'm from Wisconsin. I've liked the Packers, but I don't have emotional connection with them anymore. And I'll tell you guys this: I I made a post this weekend on my Facebook, and it exploded. I mean, it just blew up in my everyone's face and. I pretty much I, I came on and said I wanted the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Packers, and everyone was like, are you kidding me? You like Packers and all this. When I put on that jersey in Lambeau Field, I have no connection to them whatsoever anymore. When they play, I don't have any emotion. And that's just how it's been since I've become this huge Panthers fan, and that's just how it's going to be. And we talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's going up against the number one defense in the league the last two years. Not one year, the last two years. And they won the Super Bowl. He is not 100%, nor will he be this entire rest of the playoffs until he's in the offseason. For Rodgers to go into Seattle, the craziest NFL environment you will ever be in besides the Super Bowl, no one, no one right now, the only way the Packers would be able to beat them, I think, is if Aaron Rodgers is 100%. This guy is not 100%. It's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. I don't think anyone has see it, sees it happening. The only way it happens is if we see that bad man have this come into this game 100%. And I, I want to say most of you guys would agree with me on that. Aaron Rodgers is not 100%. He's throwing on one leg practically right now. He cannot go in there. And we've seen it. We watched the Seattle game, and most people did. But that team... You need to have a defense versus that team. I'm sorry. You need to have a good you need to you need to have a similar defense to that team, just like the Panthers do, but you also need an offense. The Packers have the offense, but not with a one legged Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. It's not happening versus number one defense. What do you guys think on that? But that's how you beat him though. Is if we we our game plan will win in the Seattle and we know it was a stout defense and a strong running game. The only way the only way we've ever lost to Seattle is those big plays. We've given up the big plays. Well, it was uh, Wilson, mm-hmm. the tight end, that killed us. If uh, obviously the interception really put the game away, but we every look back to the last three times we played, and it's been that one big play that we've given up. If Green Bay can go into Seattle and control the clock with their running game, and they have the back to do it, they can win that game. Absolutely. I agree with you. And Ron Rivera said it before the game. He came out and said that or in a press conference before the game, I think it was like a Thursday or Friday, he came out and said that that's what they need to limit is the big plays. And they gave them up, and the turnovers killed us as well. We had three, four turnovers. You ain't winning the game when you, when you give up three or four turnovers in the playoffs versus number one defense. You just will not win. It's just that simple. 
And guest seven, this is unless yeah, you're a Ohio family here, and we're going to keep this rolling a little bit. Cade wanted to tell everyone that he hopes that the Panthers draft another good wide receiver in the draft to help Cam Newton out and compliment Kelvin Benjamin. And we agree with you, Cade. We have our yes, draft guru here, draft guru, guru here, Joel, and we we agree. I want to say the guy out of West Virginia. He's a tall target. I think he's the best option for the Panthers right now. That guy, we know Cam Newton throws the ball high. He's always going to throw the ball high, and he's going to keep doing it. So we need to get him tall targets, and that's the only way I think this offense is going to really keep going. We have the burner in Philly Brown. We have Kelvin Benjamin, who catches the hard ones, drops the easy ones. I don't get it. And then we have Greg Olson, who's old, reliable, and he can catch anything. So we have some of the pieces. We just need to keep this moving forward. And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in a little bit, and we're gonna go into this press conference they had today with Dave Gettleman, the GM, because it was an interesting one. I every time this guy talks, I love it. He 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 finds he's like Tim Bakewell. He just finds a quote every time. He finds a quote every time he's on he's in, on the mic. And today he said he goes. He was talking about the pro. He was talking about the combine, and he said. What they didn't realize about Ben A, Ben Wickery, and Trey Boston is, in the NFL, you don't play in your underwear like you do at the NFL Combine. Okay? <laughs> These guys play in pads. So when so when you you look at a prospect and scout them at the scouting combine, these guys aren't, won't be playing in their underwear like he said. And that was just one of the great quotes. He went along and he also said that the Panthers won't be shopping at the dollar store anymore. They won't be going to Tiffany's, but they won't be shopping at the dollar store. So they'll be moving up in the free agency a little bit. And I just wanted to – we'll jump around here. We got a few callers here, and we'll jump – we'll go with uh, Joel here first. What, I don't know if you saw the press conference at all, but what did you think of it? And, I mean, going forward, it's clear David Gettleman's message is we need speed. If they want to go speed, then, you know, we need to – you might agree to this grade. They're going to try to go all speed. They need to take a page out of the Oakland did when they drafted all speed. But, you know, no, no, I agree with no, them. Like, please, no, please, no. no let me finish. Let me finish. Don't ever take a page out of Oakland's book. I'm talking about for speed-wise. You can still look for talent. If you're looking for, like, track stars, you know, there's some good speed guys. But, you know, never mind. <laughs> I think I just ruined Joe by telling him not to ever take a page out of Oakland's book, but I love the press conference. I love David Gettleman. I trust him. He's digging us out from under the hole that Herney buried us in, and he's doing it smart. He He knows you can't just go out there and overspend and expect something. He's doing it through the draft. We've got young rookies. Like, uh, I think at one point in the press conference, he talked about how, you know, you get these guys, they're rookies. They don't get speed until they know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing later in the year, and that's when they got speed. So we've got that base. And if we can continue forward building through the draft, I don't, I don't even look to see a big – free agent acquisition. I'd rather build through the draft, build at home. Maybe, maybe that one key guy, maybe there's that key offensive line, maybe there's that key wide out that we can afford, that we can bring in. 
but build through the draft. With our position in the first round, probably best player available in the first round. But just build, and he is doing that. I mean, down the stretch this year, they played excellent once they realized what they were doing. And he even said that. You know, it goes back to your underwear quote. It's they have to figure out what they're doing, but once they figure out what they're doing and somehow he has the nose for the guys who can figure out what they're doing, he does well. And I I have faith in him. There's a lot of Panther fans who bash him. I have the utmost support for him. All right, let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what do you what do you think of Dave Gettleman and his comments today? Well, okay. The best way to look at it is look at the past, I, I would say, probably five Super Bowl champions. What is the one thing they all had in common? Building through the draft. Exactly. Exactly. They've <clears throat> all built through the draft. Seattle, um, like I'm drawing to Baltimore, um, like I'm drawing a blank on who was before that. Giants. Um, yeah, the Giants. I mean, the Patriots, the Packers, the Patriots. They all build through the draft, all of them. Yeah, one key free agent, you know, that's fine. You know, we didn't just feed receivers. But what are we really going to get from Target? You know, we're not going to – you know, you keep seeing all the people with Hakeem Nicks. That's not going to happen. Let's – please don't let that happen. It's building through the draft. That's the key. That's how we got where we are today, and that's how we'll get where we'll be in – the next five years, because I'm firmly, I firmly believe within the next three years we'll at least be in the Super Bowl. At least, Eric. Uh, as as far as his comments, I didn't like some. Like I didn't, I didn't particularly like the dollar store comment. I felt like it was disrespectful to some of the players who helped us win a, another division championship. But he does have the right idea about building through the draft because the NFL is not the NBA. You can't have a big blockbuster free agent summer. And just come in, and you don't have eight or two games to figure it out. You got sixteen games to get it done, and if it doesn't work, then you know you're blowing that team up. Nick, I mean, we're not blowing it up, but that that team's not going to be the same team it was come next August and September. So, build through a draft and staying young always is probably the best way for us to go. We've never been a big free agency team, and but right now, like Tim said, we're in. We've got a solid foundation. We we only need three players who could very well come in April. Through the draft, we we don't. There's there's no wide receiver out there that really knocks my socks off. There are no there are no left tackles that that are really be beneficial to us right now. So I I say let's draft and let's draft and let's see what who wants to come who wants to come play for us after that. Yeah, and you know what I just sometimes I don't get it because we bring this up about the free agency and building through the draft and. Teams are still doing it with the free agency blockbuster where they sign everyone they can. And you look at it, Philadelphia Eagles did it, and look what happened to them. They didn't do anything that year that they signed uh, Asamoah. And, um, I, I can't even remember who they all signed on. Uh, Dominic Rogers-Camardi, and they signed someone else too. They just went out on this spree, and then you got Vince Young saying they're going to the Super Bowl that year and they're the dream team, and they did nothing that year. Then you look at Tampa Bay this offseason. They did the same thing. Brought in Lovey Smith, got a bunch of free agents. Everyone, around me at least, and people I know on the internet, were saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might win that division. Look how bad they turned out this year. It's just the free agency. You can't be going out 
and acting like it's a farmer's market and you're buying guys left and right. It just you can't have it like that. You gotta buy the one or two key guys. You gotta be like the Packers. They bought the one key guy who was who was uh, Julius Peppers, and look what he did this season. He revitalized his career when he was in uh, Chicago. He was a different guy this year. And you look at a key. Why that was one free agent signing they did, and look how big of a party was on that defense. It's the same thing with us. We brought in. Granted, these guys were terrible, but it was like Dave gentlemen said, we weren't economically ready to spend the next tier for free agents. We could only spend the the dollar store free agents, and that's just how it was. And that's just how it panned out, and it's going to slowly pick up a little bit. So I think every Panthers fan that's on the Carolina Panthers page on Facebook, it's called Carolina Panthers All Caps. There's like 50,000 people. They all need to listen to that damn interview that Dave Gettleman had and rethink everything they've been posting last week. I see Cam Newton should be get, let go. Ron Rivera should be fired. John Fox should be brought back. Ron Rivera should be the defensive coordinator, this and that. It's a joke. Re- and I'll look at what the main done. Look yeah, at what man, they've man. done so far. They don't. They didn't have the money they did. Look at what we dealt with. This Panthers team was through hell this whole season, okay? And look what they ended up doing. I mean, you've got to give him a pat on the back for what he's done with this team. I'll be the first one to admit, man, I, when, when when we first, when David Gilman first got office, you know, he he started making all these cockamamie ideas and, and making these moves that didn't really make sense to me. So I was like, man, what is this guy doing to our team? You know, especially the 12 and 4, you know, the 12 and 4 squad, how, how it was working and everything. And then I started seeing improvements along the way. Of course, we all suffered that 10-game um, street, you know, but, hey, it, it comes as a fan. But you know what I'm saying? As 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 I see what he's building and realizing that he already has the hardware to show that he knows what he's doing. So now I'm taking the position like, okay, let's you know what I'm saying? This this the first year here. Let's see you know what I'm saying? Let's see what your next draft is going to be like. Let's see what your next moves are going to be to get up from hardware. You know, like like um like 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 a other um caller says, you know, we maybe not it wasn't our years this year, but within the next three, I want to you know. We we want to see some hardwood, some trophies, and some rings, and we can have some man I had on. If DG can get us there, then let's go through the draft. Let's build through our young team and build around what core that we have. I'm interested to see where he's going to go in the draft and what he's going to build and add on to the pieces that we already have. Of course, we know some. We all know some players aren't going to be here next year. But let's take a look at the new talent that he brings in to fit in with our with our pieces that we have. Anyone? I I'm personally excited about the off season. Like I'm really, really excited to see where this goes. I mean, you think about Dave Gettleman's career with the Bills and the Giants. What did he accomplish with that? You know, he was part of the Bills when they went to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yeah, uh, Tim can look that up. I, I can't. Don't call me on that, but I know the Giants for sure. I, I think he was part yeah. of the Bills organization when they he went to the Super Bowl. And then with the Giants. Everything he's ever scouted for has been gold. Why it took him so long to get a GM position is beyond me, but hopefully it's gold here too. <laughs> That's where I keep Eric, you got any comments? Um... 
Now, I mean, let's go to the next one. I'm good on the next one. I'm good on this one. I'll, I'll say what I'm going right. to say about Dave. All right. Well, we're going to bring this up because it's looming all over, and I'm so sick of seeing it. I really am. And we're going to go down the line. And we'll start with James. Do you think, as a fan, you want Cam Newton as our franchise quarterback? Yes or no and why? Yes, because our um, franchise has, has never had a quarterback like Cam Newton um, with the way he came in and smashed rookie records and, and things of that nature, plus his upside. He's still maturing as a player and, and, and learning how to be a professional. I would take Cam Newton as our franchise quarterback, and that's that's simple. Next. All right, and we're going to leave Tim for a little bit later. Let's go to Joel. Honestly, I say, you know my answer already. It's going to, of course, be yes. James knows my answer is going to be yes. Honestly, Cam can – no, Cam's going to grow after this year. He got the – he had the good game. I wouldn't say good game. He had the game that, you know, helped get a win over over Arizona. And, you know, he's going to learn. He's going to watch tape of the Seahawks game, see what he did wrong and everything. And I think when they set up, you know, they fix the offensive line, they give him the proper weapons, I can guarantee – you hear this from me. Guarantee he'll be higher in every aspect than he was this year in everything. He'll be – All think, right, Joe, and you, you bring up the Arizona game. I mean, couldn't we put Brandon in there at quarterback for the Panthers that game, and couldn't we have won that game? I mean, if we were playing the third-string quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and they had a punter who didn't know how to punt it past 20 yards. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's not really a measuring stick. <laughs> Uh, I think they honestly, I think we could have won that with Anderson. You know, when the defense shines like that, you know, I honestly don't think Cam needed to do as much as he did. He could have just maintained running the ball more, and you know, the defense would have just shut that offense down. And the punter helped us out in every special team. So the punter for Arizona Cardinals, I honestly forget your name, but you're probably gonna be out of the job by next season. So thank you for you putting the ball. This my overwhelming question is: Is Cam the answer? Because if Derek yes, Anderson did it, then why? Then why do we need Cam? Cam's the answer. Cam is a young talent, and he can easily improve with the proper weapons and the proper arrangements we're going to need this whole off season. They're going to do, and I think it's going to give Cam a boost in confidence. I mean, are we going to see the Cam Newton overthrows? Uh, about 30% of his receivers, and then throws the interception to Cam Chancellor like he did in the Seahawks game every time we get to a, a critical moment in the season? You probably want to ask uh, Anyone can jump on that. With I, think that with I think that comes with maturity and, you know what I'm saying, recognizing, you know what I'm saying. What, maturity, what he's, he's four years into the league. How long is this going to have to last before we see the quarterback we drafted? Okay, here's, here's the question. I agree, with, I agree with you there, Curtis. Is he worth $120 million? I don't know about $120 million. Is, is it my turn yet? Go ahead. Go Anyone ahead. can jump in. I don't care who jumps in. All right. All right. Okay. Is Cam the answer? All right. When I was in that other Carolina Panthers group, the one in all caps, the one with all the idiots in it, uh, debating week in and week out about Cam Luke starting over uh, – over, uh, yeah, D A, or being replaced by somebody who's out there now. The, the question is, who do you replace him with? Do you draft a quarterback, 
you don't know that you don't know that he's going to be a viable replacement. Do you get a quarterback for agency? Who 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 out there that we can pick up a free agency is worth a damn? Ken is the answer because you can't give me a better answer than him right now. And for the simple fact that yeah, he has high he has high balls. Granted, but he also he's also a six five four five forty running quarterback who also throws lasers from time to time. So yeah, he's got his flaws, but Peyton Manning can't run a four five, and and he also throws ducks from time to time. Hey, you can't tell me every, every pass Peyton Manning throws is not uh, is not on point. It's not precise. He throws hot balls. He throws them in the dirt. Eric, Eric, I huh? got an answer for you. I got an answer for you. Jay Cutler. <laughs> uh, I, mean, what, I mean, what about Jay Cutler? Uh, Jake Cutler, I'm just messing with you. I want to see your reaction. <laughs> right, right. Jake Cutler, you might as well sit mud, 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 mud. That's oh, Cutler, my really. Lord. Oh, man. Uh, okay. I, it, I, I just said no, to get a laugh out of you guys. It's no argument that he's not going nowhere. No, we, no. we all know that. But he has like a bomb. He has a really bomb. Are you willing to mortgage our future for him? Because once you slap a $120 million contract on him, that's it. That's the question. You know what? I I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm the I'm the same with you guys. I think Cam Newton is the answer. You do slap 120 million dollars on. I'll tell you reasons why. Okay. Can he can he improve his footwork? Yes, that can be, that can happen. He can go in. He can get taught up by Kurt Warner or Steve Young or any of those guys that are retired and get his footwork down. And he can do that in the off season. Can he get the overthrows down? Yeah. Is he going to still have them? Absolutely. Every quarterback. Look at Aaron Rodgers this past week, and it looked like Cam Newton was playing as Aaron Rodgers. That's how bad he was playing. I mean, he was overthrowing left and right. It happens all the time. It happened to him. It's happened to Peyton Manning. It's, it's going to happen to quarterback. Cam Newton just needs to be consistent with his throws, and he has in overtime. It can come together. You, we got to remember, this guy dealt with the worst line in the NFL, and I will stand by that until the until that Saints game. He dealt with the worst line in the NFL. Byron Bell would not start on any other team. He's inconsistent, and he holds almost on every play. There's a hole, then you're frightened that Cam Newton's going to get blown up every time or Cam Newton's playing like he's got a ghost on his shoulder taunting him the whole game. And then you look at his wide receivers. Hold on, Brian. You look at his wide receivers. You have one wide receiver that would play on a team and maybe Philly Brown. The other guys are bumps. They're bumps. Brent Burson would start on NFL teams. Jason or Jericho Cotri's old, and the other guys I don't even care about, and I forgot their names because they suck. So maybe <laughs> Philly Brown would be on a team, but Brent Burson, that guy can't catch a punt. He, every time he catches a punt, it drops. He drops to the ground, and when he gets a pass, he pops it up in the air, and there goes Cam Newton with a pick, and everyone's blaming him. Cam Newton got dealt one of the worst hands I've ever seen in the NFL, and it was because they were cap challenge, a la Marty Herney. Okay. You give Cam Newton some time, he is worth the money, okay? What quarterback in the NFC South has won back-to-back divisions? you got to remember, we have Matt Ryan in that division and Drew Brees. Both guys are in the top 15 quarterbacks, and so is Cam Newton. Those guys didn't win back-to-back NFC South champions. Does Drew Brees have a ring? Yes. Is Drew Brees a better quarterback than Cam Newton? Yes. But who won back-to-back NFC South championships? Granted, the league was down. He did it. He's the only quarterback in that division ever to do it. Okay? That says something. I don't care if the league division was down. We were dealt one of the shittiest hands an NFL team has ever been dealt offensively. 
This guy has been through hell and back. No quarterback can say that he had an ankle surgery in the offseason, didn't get to throw to any of his new wide receivers. The whole wide receiver core was new, and all he had was Greg Olson. Ankle surgery, broken ribs in the preseason, missed the first game, then played, trying to catch up and get all this momentum versus them. Then he goes into a car accident and gets two fractures in his transverse processes. What quarterbacks played through that, won the division, and won a playoff game? You tell me that, and I will shake your hand and give you some money because it's never happened. You're right. That's, I'm done with my rant. But Kurt, if you want to go by hands, only quarterback that had a worse run and it ruined his career was Derek Carr. No, David Carr from the Texans when he originally got drafted high. You know how that team was new to the NFL? He had no O-line. He had maybe, what, one receiver, just like we did. Like, wide receiver-wise. Like, not talking, I'm not talking about tight end. I'm talking about wide receivers. Derek, but it doesn't matter. If you have no offensive line, that will be hell for a quarterback. And that's how it killed Carr's career. Now, I think he had a shitty hand. Because if you look back in college, he's a hell of a quarterback in college. But college is a whole different level in the NFL. And, guys, when we look at it, and I have the stats to prove it here. I'm going to show you it because I saw this, and it really pissed me off online. And I wish people would listen to this show so I can shut down everyone that commented about Cam Newton being a bum. This guy posted on there every single game Cam Newton's been in this whole year in all the stats. You can't compare that because the team wasn't together, the line was shitty, and their wide receivers weren't getting connection with Cam. Let's look at the games when it mattered and the team was together like an NFL team should be. That's the Saints game on, the second Saints game until the end of the playoffs. Here's Cam Newton's stats. I added them up. Here they are, and I'll tell you them. 90 completions, 148 attempts. Yeah, he's going to have a 61 completion rating. It's not bad. I'll take it. 985 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. Nine touchdowns of four interceptions isn't bad. Five sacks, 269 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. So he had 12 total touchdowns and four interceptions. How the hell is that bad? How many games has he won in his career where the defense has allowed more than two touchdowns? I don't have the stat on that, but I'd like for you to look it up. Um, I don't know many. the exact number, but it's not many. If our defense And allowed, I'm not saying Cam Newton doesn't get help from the defense because he does. No, and, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if our defense allows more than two touchdowns, we've – we're – pretty much screwed. They can't come from behind. The, but I look at it this way, and I'll, I'm going to compare this. I'm going to compare these two quarterbacks until they're out of the league. And you look at Russell Wilson, you look at Cam Newton. I actually compare them more to Andrew Luck. They both, statistical-wise, are almost the same quarterback the last few years. Granite. Russell Wilson has a better defense, and it's proven. They were better than them last year, and they were this year. They're the same quarterback. And the only reason why Russell Wilson isn't getting slammed like Cam Newton is by the fans is because they are winning games, and they aren't winning games with – they are winning games with Russell Wilson, but it is solely on that defense. Cam Newton has made plays. Granted, his defense has kept him in the game. He has made plays that Russell Wilson will never be able to make. You're right. Oh, no, and I admit that freely. He, he, he's, he's a dynamic quarterback. The question is, is he ever going to be more than what we have now? 
absolutely, because he hasn't had he hasn't had the weapons. He, but I could see you say that. If, hold on, I could see you say that if we had Kelvin Benjamin, Steve Smith, and then no, add another no. top tier wide receiver on our offense and a healthy there. running game, and see where he goes. I'm just going to okay, make a okay, point here. Let me just make a he point. He just hasn't had the weapons. I want to see him with a fully loaded offense and see what he does. All right. If he Let doesn't me... get past what we've done, then he isn't. He is going to be the guy who makes a burst here and there, makes an amazing run, has a nice throw here, overthrows here, throws a pick there, and that's all we're going to see out of him like we have the last few years. He hasn't had the weapons. No. Let me say this. The Ravens, the Owen Ravens, won the, they won two Bowl with Trent Dilfer as the quarterback. Trent Dilfer. Yep. In that game, Trent Dilfer had about 119 passing yards. And they still beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. With it arguably be, one of the best defenses to ever play with, the game. With arguably one of the best defenses to ever play the game. It's a team game. I, I'm not looking for Cam Newton to be Joe Montana. I'm looking for him to be Cam Newton. I just want him to be a good quarterback who doesn't make boneheaded mistakes. That Cam Chancellor interception, Cam Chancellor even said it. He said he didn't Cam didn't do anything Cam Newton didn't do anything wrong. Cam Chancellor watched him make his reads and by process of elimination Knew he was going to throw the ball to Ed Dickinson, so he jumped the route, and it just well, happened. Much it like right that, to his or like the uh, the the fumble, where he couldn't, he didn't commit to sticking it in J. Stu's belly. No, and, I mean, that's on him. Yeah, I mean it's. No, and up until that point, Cam Chancellor was playing like a man possessed. It. it he was going to do something. Watching the game, you knew Cam Chancellor was going to do something ridiculous before the game was over, and he did. That, that's why I keep saying I'm excited to see what happens in the offseason. Because yeah. Cam does have another year. I don't think we resign him this year, so he no, does have another year. We have, so, we have the rookie option. If yeah. we address our O-line issues and get him a speed receiver, who knows? I mean, he could come out next year and light it up, and you know what? The people who questioned it, and I'm one of the ones that questions it, is he our franchise quarterback? Yes. Like I said, my only argument is, is he worth $120 million? That's no. my only fear. Yeah. I'd, my, I'd, no, I don't think any quarterback's worth that, to be honest. I don't. There's maybe one or two that could be worth that. Otherwise, no. Um, and um, is that what the market calls for? Yes, and that's yeah. the thing that blows. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the market. I, like, do I necessarily want to pay him $120 million? Not really. But, I mean, if Jay Cutler's getting paid $120 million and Romo's getting paid – $100 million, uh, it's a $100 million extension. Uh, how, are you gonna, how, how is Cam's agent going to go in there with, with, uh, with Gettleman and not get $100 million? You're fired. If, you, if, I'm, if, you're, if you're my agent and I play quarterback and I start and I, I got two division titles in four years and I don't get $100 million at my contract, you're fired. You're fucking fired. That's it. If, if Jay Cutler can get $100 million, so should everybody else who plays quarterback and starts in the NFL, period. Let's just pay $100 million. If we come out this year and address our, address our offensive line issues and get him a speedy receiver and he comes out and lights it up, you know what? Give him the $100 million. Cool. Then I was wrong and I'll, you know, I'll eat my words. And, you know, I, I really think they are going to do that. I think we're going to go full offense here. This Unless someone amazing falls to us, we're going all offense. We yeah. can for the year. We don't sign him a long year deal yet. We give him a, we give him a left tackle. We give him another target, and we see what he does with it. If he does what, if we go back to the ten and six, the twelve and four range record, which I think could be coming, 
then we keep them. I, I just I, – I find it funny when the season we had – I almost don't even like considering this season because it's such – so much junk happened and it's never happened to any other team that it's almost hard to even take him, like, how the hell can you take all these games that just everything that possibly went wrong went wrong. We still won the division. Granted, the whole division was down, and we still won a playoff game. And it'd be telling everyone on this one of the uh, this Facebook pages pisses me off. But um, to be calling for his head is just beyond me. It really is. Anyone else, I mean, let, Joel or let, let, uh, let's James? Be honest. Because I haven't been on the on the radio, I haven't been on the show for a while. We all knew that was coming this season. We all knew it. None of us. I think everyone that's on the show right now pretty much knows what's going on. I seen it coming. Every I know everyone in the other group. I'm in seen it coming. We knew what kind of season we were going to have. Yeah. Uh, we made the playoffs. I was shocked by that. I did not see that coming. But like I said, I'm actually excited for the off season. Now you, now I would say I had seen it as worse, as as bad as it was. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I told my friends back home the worst I saw the Panthers this year was 8-8, eight and eight, and they were one game below that, and that's fine. But I also had a ceiling that I saw that I, they might be 10-6 this year, and that was way off. So, I mean, I mean, no one predicted what happened. You can't. It's impossible. No one predicted the car accident. No one predicted broken ribs. No one predicted uh, – I shouldn't say that. People predicted the offensive line. We knew that was coming. That that was yeah. a joke, and so was the wide receivers, and so was the safeties. And we knew that because that's what David Gettleman said. And David Gettleman warned everyone that. So when people are on this panic meter that what the hell is going on, they clearly aren't educated enough to know that. David Gettleman said, we're cap challenge. It's going to be hard this year, and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Unrelated topic. Uh, this year, I realized there are a lot of uh, non of football ignorant people in our fan base. <laughs> they're in every like, fan base. Like, they're in every fan base. Yeah, yeah like, like people who know nothing about football, who who are judging players, coaches, games, and it's like they they make unfair judgments about about Cam, about Ron, about. About Dave Gettleman. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I, I wasn't particularly fond of all the moves Dave Gettleman was forced to make this offseason. And I kind of thought he was blowing the team up to kind of hinder Cam a little bit. To kind of say, hey, look, you didn't have a great season in 2014, so we can't really give you 125 million dollars. Here's 80 million. Here's 60 million guaranteed and another 60 in incentives. Well, just an update here, uh, and I don't know. I, I'm assuming me and Tim are the only, and me, Tim, and maybe if Eric and James are uh, Eric and um, Brandon are the only ones that maybe watch that press conference. But they get him, and they asked him, "Is Cam Newton the franchise quarterback?" And he said, "Yeah, he is a franchise quarterback." Then the guy asked him a little bit later. He's like, "So would you say that? Um, are you gonna?" go out and uh, franchise tag him, or are you going to give him a contract? And he said, I told you, he's a franchise quarterback, and that's all he said. It's clear. They're signing They're signing him to a big deal. So no. for, for I, all I, the... I, I take that to mean that they're going to work. They're going to work with what they have 
And no, he's I'm not sure saying this year, but I think in yeah. the future he will be. Uh, in the, in will. the future, yeah, but like, let's say next year he goes out and lays an egg, the contract would be entirely different. It, oh, yeah. He, he's a franchise. I don't see that happening. No, I don't see that happening at all. You can't say, like, I mean, there's not, there's not anyone free that's better than him. The the debate is, is he the answer going forward for 10 years? Cause no, I know our debate is, what is he the down. answer for a Super Bowl? That's the debate. Because yeah. that's what well, everyone yeah. wants to know. Yeah. And, and anyone is. I mean, I, it, I almost think that's a stupid question. Cause you br- we brought up before Trent Dilfer. Rex Grossman brought a team to the Super Bowl. It can happen. I still... Personally, as a Panther fan, I actually still miss Jake DeLome pre-Tommy John surgery. I don't I, at all. Not one bit. No. Not, not, one, not an inkling. Not even a little inkling. Jake, Jake was a different machine, man. Jake, Jake Tim, I respect you on everything you said, but that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Come on. Him and Cam can't be compared. They're two totally different quarterbacks. They can't be compared. No. But Jake got us to the Super Bowl. Jake got us to the Super Bowl, but you know we we had, we had some great defensive players that year too. And we had some studs on offense. We have studs on mm-hmm. offense now. What happened to? And Greg? Had, they had studs on the okay. offensive line. There's the difference, Tim. There's well, the difference. I'm just saying that I still miss Jake. I'm waiting for the day expectantly. I would love, I would love for Cam to replace Jake as my favorite quarterback of all time for the Carolina Panthers. I would love nothing less because what Jake did was ultimately end up losing the Super Bowl, one of the most exciting Super Bowls. But he lost. I lost money. But until he replaces him, I miss Jake. I miss him. I miss I miss the fire. I miss you know the Cajun. Yeah, the <laughs> Cajun. I miss like you know when Jake threw a pick early in a game. I didn't say to myself, "We're done." I said to myself, "You know what? That's gonna fire that little white bugger up, and he's gonna go out there and win the game." And usually he did. Tommy John. One of, I mean, one of my most memorable. Jake moments, and I know all you guys remember it, was in the Super Bowl when I I don't remember exactly what happened, but he looks like I remember and starts talking back to him. Yep. Yep. Dude, that dude just had a heart. He had uh, like no other. And if and Cam had see, that and heart, I I disagree oh, there because if you don't think Cam has heart or fire, you're both wrong. So I don't so I, I, just, I don't have the heart. I don't get your argument right now at all. I like him. Jake, I like him. Hard on his sleeve, man. Jake, Jake, when he was on, he was on. But when he was off, See what happens. What happens is people remember post Tommy John Jake, and it skews their whole memory of pre Tommy John Jake. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember first year Jake. You do realize he has like one of the best fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, these cardiac cats, dude. That mm, mf would come from behind. 
what I want to see out of Cam is being able to come from behind. It's like we were talking yeah. about earlier, Cam's win rate when the defense allows two touchdowns or more. I want to see. But okay, and that, this is what – Tim, look at the Bengals game. I mean, 38 points. That's what the defense gave up, 38 points to Andy Dalton. Andy that's Dalton. Not, and A.J. Green was out. Game. He was out, A.J. Green. Yeah, he wasn't even on the field. One game. But that's, that's what I'm one saying, game. Tim. I think one game is showing, he's showing the flashes. I, 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 don't, I don't see the comparison at all. I really don't. It will I don't be, at all. You can't compare because they're two separate quarterbacks of two entirely different teams. You know, I know, but for you to say you miss, you miss him or miss him uh, quarterback I, for the I, – I don't. I just – I don't – not at all. Pre-Tommy John surgery – I tell you what, I, Jake would have been out there making those back elbow throw, those back shoulder throws, one of his bread and butters to those shitty wideouts we have. He'd have All right, we need to keep this moving because we're 10 minutes over and I want to get to some other questions I have about the, the, the Panthers offseason here. And let's go to the coaches. You have to pick one coach. On that team to fire, and there's, there's, I would say two positions where I'd fire someone. Who would it be, and why? And I will, and I will start. Shula, hands down. Shula, one of the worst offensive coordinators I've ever seen, Mike Shula. This guy, the decisions he makes on some of these calls. Does he make some flashy decisions that commentators are talking about during the game? Yes. But does he make some boneheaded decisions? Too many of them. When you – there was a few games, and I can't remember. There was a recent one. He's made many mistakes in every game. But there was a recent one where the Panthers were, I want to say, up or whatever it was. And he was throwing the ball. Throwing the ball on like a third or on a second down when they should have been running the ball. I, this guy just makes one of the like just simple like simple mistakes that anyone an NFL fan that's avid and watches knows. This is where you run the ball. This is where you're going to throw the ball. You don't you don't throw the ball here when you're supposed to run. And I, I just this guy he'll probably still be on the team. The way I saw the conferences go today with Ron Rivera and seeing that. You got to look at what they did from like pretty much the Saints game on, and how they did it successfully. I just I can't stand this guy. He is just not right for Cam. I I don't think he's the right fit for Cam. Mm-hmm. Anyone? Uh, go ahead, James. Well, you, yeah, I think you pretty much stole that from everyone. You know, Shoe has been a problem for us all year. Um, the only, only time he seems to call a good game is when we have Derek Anderson in. I'm passing it on. Somebody else pick it up. I, I have a lot to say on this subject. And I know uh, you would. Shula, Shula needs to be gone. One, if, if we're going forward with Cam, which I'm all for, as long as we don't overpay, uh, I'm all for the rookie option. See what happens next year. But going forward, we have arguably one of the best tight ends in the league for catching the ball and Greg Olson. How many effing games have you seen 
Greg Olson not even be targeted in the first half? Like, seriously. Get that but man. I would say more than a half. I would say eight, eight, eight or more. And it's but there's an answer for that. But in, as a how and there many is an answer for that. I know your answer is the blocking situation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. It's the blocking situation. I mean, but in the games that we've targeted Greg Olson, we win. The games where Olson hardly gets any targets, we lose. So apparently it's like his – I mean, I'm not, I'm not downing Greg Olson's blocking. I'm just saying that just having him out there catching the ball does wonders for our win-loss record. On top of that, Shula, when I'm sitting at home and I'm not a head coach – I've never been in the NFL. I don't know. I've never played football other than backyard football. But when I can sit there and look at the TV and say, guess what, we're doing this next, and call almost the exact play, it's time for him to go. It's it's the same thing with when Fox left. Fox got to the point where you could sit at home and you could look at the TV and you go, guess what, we're about to call a draw. Guess what? We're about to call a screen. And that's how Shul is. And if guys are getting paid to call defenses, I'm not even getting paid to call. And I can figure out what he's calling. Imagine what, like, defensive coaches can do who are getting paid to do this. I mean, he's, he's one step behind. He needs to be gone, and I really hope he's gone. If he's not... I mean, didn't it come out earlier this year he had, like, little clue on what to do with the no huddle that he just kind of left it up to Cam? Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I was screaming at the TV on Saturday was look at our uh, our no huddle offense. We've been extremely successful in our no huddle. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm yelling at the TV on Saturday, and we're huddling up. That's one of the ways to keep Seattle off their toes is to no huddle. And what are we doing? Huddling up. Huddling up. <laughs> it's just, I was screaming. Yeah, and, and, like, you look, and you look at it, you know what's hilarious? Because we didn't use the no huddle pretty much the whole game. And when we did use the no huddle, Cam did make the bonehead pick. But in that last drive where Cam made the pick, we marched that ball down the field like it was easy. Yeah. You know what, that, that's what surprised me, man, because um, Ron Rivera reported during, during one, of the con- one of the press conferences earlier during the week that he was going to use the no, the, the no huddle against the, uh, against the um, Seattle Seahawks. So I was way, I, I was totally confused sitting there. It really didn't make any sense, but it, 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 was, it, it was totally useless. Why use it the last second when we all know that's how you keep them on their heels? No, it's Joe. Are you dead over there, or are you a liar? I'm alive. I'm just listening to all the good points everybody's pointing out. One coach that we can all agree with, and we need to get rid of that damn special teams coach. Oh, I can know. I can back. I can back up. I can back up ten from this. He almost had a damn heart attack from. Person that can't catch a damn ball. Wait, what do you mean? Play. What do you mean our special teams has been improving? <laughs> that was <one> Burton. <person. laughs> 
Yeah, you, you, you're losing it, Dad. They must have teaching him some baseball rules. You don't every get time it. I you don't get it. It's Rod, Rod Rivera said that today in his conference. Yeah, he and that I, special I, team I has been it. It's in the first five to seven minutes. He actually mentioned the special teams improving, and that's the point where I, I he lost me on the presser. And you guys, what, what I don't get is it doesn't even it doesn't even stop with for Brent Burst and punting the ball. And I we I was I pointed this out more than any of you when we started this show when the season started. I may note that even when we weren't returning and we were going down to stop, like when we were punting the ball, we weren't getting to the guys and they were getting twenty yard cushions or no, catch well, the that, ball and then take off. I I mean, this is this is my my thoughts on the matter. Because I can't completely blame Burson. I can't completely blame Philly Brown earlier in the year. No, these guys didn't have any time. Why are guys getting to him that quick? And why are guys having the time, like you said, on the other end of the special teams of having the time? Because there's something wrong with our special teams. There's and something how in the hell can a team block two punts and return them for touchdowns versus that was the Vikings game. Well, and how can I, one guy I block line three times? <laughs> exactly. I just don't get it. I really if don't. Our, if our special teams coach isn't gone, I can't even tell you what his name might even be. Because no, I have to be named. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if he's not gone, then there's something wrong. Because, uh, quite frankly, there's nothing that special teams did this year, not a single thing, that can even be pointed to as a bright spot for that guy to have a job going forward. He should be gone. All right, all right. We're going to keep this moving, and we're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys one more question, and I'm going to write this down because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how this pans out. There's one position... Actually, no. First round, who do the Panthers draft position-wise? I just want to know what your guys' take on that is, and I'm going to save this because I want to see what it, what it pans out to be. Panthers are first round pick 25. Who do they end up drafting position-wise? And we'll start with uh, Joe. I'm, I'm going to try to call this on the spot. When the draft happens, if I get it right, I want it here. Thank you. I'm going to say wide receiver, Devin Funches. From Michigan, he's a six foot five receiver, big hands, a good end zone threat, got good speed, be a good complimentary receiver to Calvin Benjamin, and that's what I think. Honestly, a big right, old. Thank you, Mel Kiper. Thank you, Mel Kiper. All right, Brandon, what do you got? Um, I'm not too big on the college part. I haven't really started looking at it yet, but I'm gonna go wide receiver 25. I don't know who yet. I'll let you know in a week. Eric. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a left tackle. That's more of a – you got to protect Cam. I mean, you got to protect him. We managed with two rookies this year. I mean, we'll get another one in the third, second, and third round. So, let's get a let's get a, a solid left tackle. Tim? I'm going to go with a pretty generic answer, but I think it's what Gettleman's going to do, picking 25th. It's not going to be a position, a particular position. It's going to be the best player available. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know how the draft's going to pan out. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be best player available. It's not going to be picking 
an offensive lineman. And offensive linemen, from what I understand, are deep in this draft. It's it's yeah. not be something that we particularly need. So maybe unless that falls to us, he's going to go best player available. James. Well, I was going. I was going to say wide receiver, but I feel that we also um, we also have a greater need at the offensive line position. You know, we have to have the right piece, the right pieces in place to give Cam the time to do what he has to do from the pocket and even even open holes for our um, for our running game. If that's what we're going to be a power run team, a power defense. So I, I think we still need the offensive line first. Well, you guys, you know me. I'm going bold here, and I'm going to pick a position that no one sees coming. Best player available. I'm going along with Tim here, but I'm picking the position. I'm either, and it's going to be a double. It's going to be a slash here. Defensive end linebacker, outside linebacker. I think they're going to pick someone. They AJ Klein. I'm sorry, he's not the answer. Chase Blackburn's old. That guy's a special teams guy. They might need a D end. For Greg Hardy, if he doesn't come back, Coney Lee's stepping it up. But Dave Edelman said, you know how he likes those D linemen. If there's someone high there that comes up, best player in the draft, and he falls to them, he's going to take them. So that's my pick. I'm going to go with that. Um, I'm just going like bold. So, all right. Well, let's go on to our last last time we're doing this for the year. Let's go Super Bowl prediction. Winners of this weekend, and then the winners of the Super Bowl because this will be our last show. I'm going to let uh, – let's go with Joel. Who do you got in the Super Bowl, and what's the score? I got Seattle, and I got the Indianapolis Colts. And I got Seattle right. winning by 14. I think Luck is going to try to pull some lucky charms out of his pocket, but I think Seattle's going to win it. All right. Tim? Um, I've got Seattle against Patriots, and I think this is uh, Brady's swan song. This is where his final get it done. He showed he can get it done this past weekend. And I think the Patriots knock Seattle off and make my steps up. Wow. I would like to see that. Are you serious? That's that's what I'm going with because I have too strong a hatred. James? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually... Hold on, everyone. James is still in cloud nine. He's got the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Look at that. I, I, that'll probably be next year. That'll be next year. Oh, next man. Year. I got to pick we on have... you a little bit, James. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not even that optimist. Not at this point. Um, <laughs> damn. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to take Seattle and the Patriots. But I think Seattle and not Tom Brady off in his last get her done. I say they repeat. Since we lost to him, I hope, I hope, I hope we can say at least we lost to the champs. So I'm sticking with the NFC. Yeah, I just Eric? don't want. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Seattle and the Patriots. I'm taking Seattle 34-23. Seattle 34-23. All right, Brandon. Uh, Seattle Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots by three, uh, 27-30. Thank you, Brandon. We got got two Patriot winners, huh? Thank you, Brandon. You know, the Patriots are winning by three like they've won every season. It's time, guys. It really is for the the matchup, I think, everyone. The young guns going at it. It's Seattle and Colts. Um, Hmm. 
Luck loses, though. He he doesn't find a way. Seattle is the best team in the NFL. They are the best team. AFC, NFC, doesn't matter. No one is beating them this year. And Seattle wins it again. They repeat. They are just dominant. Seattle versus Colts. I got the score 31-17. I I mean, Andrew Luck, he just doesn't have enough. Then I have to make another post that makes my stepson wonder. And for all for all the Mohicans here, guys, Tim, I need a score by you. Oh, oh, I'm I'm with Brandon. The Patriots win by three. Yeah, what's the score? I'm gonna say it's gonna be uh, twenty-seven twenty-four. All right, we're gonna go to the me. Okay, because since I have sheets all over the place on who we pick from week to week, and I don't remember, and I know you were winning, Tim, but we're going to we're gonna just let it go all the wayside. This, yeah, game, this game decides the champion between me, you, and James, and we got to yeah, have something after we'll, the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll all give know this away. Side who kicked butt. Yes, we will. It here. was you. It was you, <laughs> but you don't know. I might have came back and won that. But, um... We're going to go with total go score. To so we got – hold on here, Tim. Settle down. So me and James have Seattle here, okay? And what we're going to do is the closest – if me and James tie, which we're going to because Seattle is going to win, yeah. um, <laughs> we're going to go with the total scores added together. So, James, I need a total score from you. So whoever has a total score, you add them together, whoever has the – Total score added together, closest to the actual score wins, and if it's a tie. So, James, what do you got for a score? Uh, I'm going to go uh, uh, 31 to 10. All right. That sounds great. So, a winner of that, we'll figure out something for that. Um, yeah, I guess that's a wrap-up. We will be going back on Panther 360 around the draft time. I don't know when, if we'll do it around the scouting combine or what the case is, but we'll figure it out. Um, we're all friends on Facebook, so I'm sure we'll be talking on all these pages. But um, thanks, everyone, for a good year. It's been fun. Um, and I'm going to wrap this up for one last time here. All right, here we go. For all of us here at Panther 360 Radio, I'd like to thank everyone who has made this possible. Tim, James, Joe, Eric, Brandon. You guys have tuned in from here and there in the last couple here, and we thank you guys for tuning in. It's been fun with your input and going back and forth about the Panthers. And every NFL fan out there who's ever tuned in or listened to us for a little bit, would also like to thank our special guest, Cade Polk. He's not on anymore, but that was fun getting him on here talking. Have his mom hit up, hit us up in the chat and talk to us. That was cool experience, and we thank him for that. And I'll be sending out something on Panthers for 60 that all of you should go on and comment and say a thank you because I'm going to send it to his mother in the email. So make sure you do that. Um, remember, you can get all your updated Carolina Panthers news and information by checking us out either through Twitter at Panthers 360 Radio or our official page, Panthers 360. Um, you can also check us out on our website. We're www.panthers360.com. You can see up there in all of the articles. Make sure you guys stay in here because i got to tell you guys something about something we're doing. Um, make sure um, to go to our recordings as well to get your latest uh, radio show recordings. You can listen to ours since the first show until now. We've had some great segments. We were just talking about Tim when we had our special guest on and we, we slammed Cam Newton. Um, so 
you can always go back and listen to those. But don't forget, actually, I shouldn't even say that, don't forget, because we're not tuning in next week. We thank everyone who's ever, who's tuned in over the whole year. Thank the Panthers for uh, somewhat of a good season, giving us a little hope, and all the fans who showed support. Um, and remember, here at Panthers 360 Radio, anything football, anything Panthers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.